All right. Hello there. Hello. Welcome to our second podcast. Welcome. That one couple podcast. Mm-hmm. That is, is our new name, which was a great idea, baby. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, it just came to me. Yeah, I looked up I looked up that one podcast, which is the podcast I started a few years ago by myself. And I looked it up again and I was like, oh, my God, there's so many people with this <laughs> same podcast name. And when I remember when I looked it up a few years ago, no one had it. So I was like really excited. Now a bunch of people have it. And I was yeah. like, dang it. Because I slept on it. Yeah. So um, anyways, I was looking. I'm like, oh, OK, well, now it's a couple podcast. And then I was going to do another one that was like not another couple podcast <laughs> and there was someone else that had one that was like pretty large and i was mm. like okay i don't i don't want to be in their shadow yeah so anyways we are that one couple podcast it's too bad cuz i remember when we first started going out and you told me you had a podcast and it was called that one podcast i was like that is so brilliant that's perfect <laughs> And, yeah, I think I started listening to it before we started, like, officially dating, right? Or were we officially dating when I started listening to no, it? No, yeah. We were, um, I wouldn't let you <laughs> listen, to, listen it. to it without me <laughs> present. No, I listened to it without you there. But this is when we were first dating, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had already been official. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So what are we talking about today? Uh, let's see. First thing on the day, we're doing a mental health check-in. Oh, yeah. I wanted to do a mental health check-in because my mental health mm. has been so bad since the last time we posted. Our, the worst it's been in a long time. Yeah. And I, I'm i not exactly sure why. I think it, a lot of reasons, really. Yeah. You know, we moved here from my home state of Denver. Denver. My home state, Colorado. <laughs> And I've never lived anywhere else. So I think like change, like I'm neurodivergent. And so change for me is really hard. Like, although I wanted this change, it still hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, like I'm someone who needs structure and I need a routine in my life or at least something like something more like predictable, you know, like, yeah. Not the same routine, but something predictable. And so moving to this new place where I don't know anyone besides you and a few of your family members and not knowing where the hell I'm going most of the time, like it really, really messes with me. Sorry about the tippy tappies. If you can hear those, it's our dogs. Hmm. Um, anyways, tippy tappies. Um, I also have a new job and I don't like it already. I know it's only been two weeks, but, like, it's just the same old thing as my last job, you know? It's just that toxic work culture where it's, like, you grind until you're sick. Like, my boss, he was super sick the first two days, three, four days? Sorry. The first four days um, that I started. And... He, like, forced himself to come into the office. And I'm like, I really would rather you not do that. Yeah. And I don't like a culture that is okay with that. Yeah. That's a uniquely American thing, too. It really is. Like, most other places, if you're sick, they don't want you to come in for obvious reasons. And then it's it's not a good idea because if you're sick and you have to take time off, but you come in, you're going to get somebody else sick who will have to take time off. And then the whole process just slows down. Mm -hmm. So it's counterintuitive to bring somebody in. I think I told you this story when I was – 
working at SeaWorld for a contracting company um, doing that one game. We didn't have enough people, so my boss told me um, that he needed me to come in. And I was mm. like, I'm really sick. And he's like, yeah, do you think you could come in anyway? And I was like, I guess. That is so fucked up. Yeah, yeah. He was like, we don't have enough people. There'd be nobody there. I'd have to shut down. And I'd be like, okay, fine. So I think I did that whole thing by myself for at least half the day with a partner and then the other half by myself. And I was like, not feeling well. And it was kind of a physical job that you had to do too. And so it was, it was not fun. And that's just the thing. Like, if you don't come in when you're sick, they feel like they're going to lose productivity. And, you know, they prioritize that over your well-being. Yeah. Which is just how a lot of... And that's the same thing with mental health, too. mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, We shouldn't feel guilty for taking mental health days. And those also shouldn't be considered sick days, either. Yeah. You know? Because, like, it it needs to be built in to the time off. Yeah. To your PTO. Like... It, I just, I hate the word. I, like, okay, so I'm not a person that, I don't think that I fit into the work culture. Like, I haven't ever. I've always been yeah. just, like, I don't like fakeness. And that's yeah. all work is to me. Like, everyone there is not really themselves. Yeah. And that, I, I'm a very genuine person. I genuinely like to get to know people. And so, like, I think that's why I made such great friends at my at the job that we met at. Yeah. Because after a while of working there and trying to conform to what they wanted me to be, I kind of just said fuck it. And yeah. I I started getting to know people for like who they were and kind of opening up in a way that I never had before. Yeah. And since I've opened that dam, yeah, if you will, I can't close it. And so I can't stand this toxic work culture where you just have to pretend that everything's okay and that, oh, yeah. it's fine that I feel unwell mentally. I'm just going to keep coming in until something, ha- like, really bad happens, you know? Yeah. And so, anyways, I um, well, it keeps I already nice get edge. bad vibes from this job. Just from your boss? My boss is not someone I really see. I, I wouldn't, outside of work, I would never talk with him. Yeah. I don't like him. Yeah. I don't like the way that he works. I don't like his sense of humor. It's kind of like at the detriment to other people. Yeah. And um, the way that he talks about marginalized people is so off-putting to me. Yeah. It's your basic exer white man sense of humor. Which yeah. is like, you're just, it's fine. It's just a joke. That could be like a whole book on that kind of humor. It's just a joke. Who cares? What are you getting so upset about? And it's it's true. That like, I mean, that's rare for you that um, you have a boss that you wouldn't see yourself hanging out with outside of work. I feel like that's been the yeah. majority of your bosses, have, at least to some extent, have been that way where you could at least see yourself hanging out with them. Outside. Yeah, well, and they, they wanted to hang out outside of work, too, where it was yeah. like, they wanted that closeness, you know? So we'd go out for drinks afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, after work um, a lot of the time. Um, and this guy is just very unapproachable. And he's, he does this thing where he bursts into my office <laughs> yeah, whenever yeah. the hell he wants. <laughs> he and it really upsets office. me because 
that's crossing a boundary. I would never go to his office and just like, no, not even knock. He doesn't knock. He just opens the door. And it's almost like he does it because like, to me, it feels like he's my teacher and he's trying to like, or my, or my babysitter or something. And he's like yeah. trying to catch me doing something that I know I'm not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just started here. Like, yeah, and you've auto- automatically are breaking boundaries and overstepping lines. Yeah, and it's just like just started. And he's just like no trying dude. to. He's just coming into my space without my permission. Yeah, and so like I just I would never go to his office and just be like, "Hey, boss, I'm just coming in." Also, he should like understand the fact that you know, him bursting into your office, just him alone, is like gonna make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I already. Don't I don't like men. I don't feel comfortable around men. And it's I have a good reason not to trust men, especially older men. And he's significantly older than me. He's about my dad's age. Mm. And I already yeah, so I already have trust issues with men. I feel uncomfortable around them. And he's just like not taking any of that into like regard in his brain and he's just he, he's just taking what he wants and doing whatever the fuck he wants and that's what it yeah. feels like you know he's like oh this is my my space i'm her boss so i'm allowed to just burst into her office and take up room yeah and i bet if you like called him on it he would do the whole victim thing where he's like i'm just trying <laughs> yeah well so I, I think, so yeah, and it's funny because I've been talking to several people about this issue with my boss and everyone has their own way of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a confrontational person, you know, like I'm a very people pleaser kind of like, OK, well, I don't want to make you feel unco- I never want to make people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so people have been trying to be like, you need to set boundaries and you need to talk to him and be like, get the hell out of my office and don't do that. It makes me uncomfortable. But me saying that would make him feel uncomfortable. And that makes me feel horrible. And I feel and like when I when I do have to talk to people that way, like because I have, you know, had to talk to people that way several times in my life after afterwards, it's like this weird energy between us now and yeah. I feel like I can't talk to them the way that I did before so now I just never want to I never want to talk about yeah you know because and that's not fair to me but like anyways I've come up with a new a good way to kind of yeah I, your solution I really like so, okay yeah. so my solution basically is I have type 1 diabetes which means that I have to prick my finger every once in a while or all the time during the day mm-hmm. like before I eat or if I'm feeling weird at all if I think I'm high or low And I also have to give myself shots several times a day. And to give myself shots, I have to have naked skin. So I'll have to take my shirt up a little bit or I'll have to like say I'm wearing a skirt. I have to put it down or hike it up, Mm -hmm. whatever works best. If I'm in my own office, I shouldn't have to like excuse myself to the bathroom. Yeah. And in shame to give myself a shot when I have my own my own space. Yeah. And so. What I think I'm going to do is kind of kindly tell him, like, hey, it'd be really nice if you could just knock before coming in and, and getting a response from me first. Yeah. Because, you know, I never I don't want you to ever walk in on me giving myself a shot because that's embarrassing for both of us. Yeah. And that's something he should understand. Honestly, if he doesn't know, if he says go to the bathroom, you should go to HR. 
Like, oh, I for right, sure will. Right I don't think he will, though. No, I don't think like, he will either. I think that's something He's a smart, like, I don't like him, but he's a smart man. Yeah. So I think he'd be like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I think that eventually the thing's going to be you just got to get into that niche of professional relationship. Right. And that's the thing that I hate. Yeah. This professional fucking fake ass relationship where you can't. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm, I'm trying my hardest to, to get through this because I need a job, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we need a job to survive. But it's also just like I have this job. But if it wasn't for family helping us, we'd be fucking destitute. Yeah. Like, we would not be where we are today without family help and intervention. And I did all this work. I got my fucking degree. You know, I I did all this work and worked my ass off. And what do I have to show for it? I feel like it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that if... Mental health days are kind of the same deal. Like, if we weren't getting help from our family, we'd be in a way more stressful situation, and then our mental health would be worse, and mm-hmm. then we would require more mental health days, and that would mean more time off of work. Yeah. So, like, either way, we're either in a worse spot where we're, like, less productive, or we're in a better spot, um, but we can't do it on our own. So, like, it's just a, kind of a no-winning situation. It's like a no-win spot, and it's just simply because we're, like, we're not getting paid enough for the work that we do. Yeah. Like, we're... That project you're working on for work is going to, like, require a lot of effort that you're going to see probably some of the least amount of money-wise. Yeah. And, like, that's just the the whole thing of it is that, like, people who are really deserving of the money because they do the work don't see it. Well, so I posted a TikTok because I was really upset the other day and I was angry and I probably shouldn't have posted. But either way. I got a lot of really positive comments on it, actually. Um, One of them was this lady that said something that saved her life was my I'm going to act my wage. Mm. So you don't do anything Mm. that is above your pay grade. And I feel like that's going to help me. But also, like, it's kind of hard to do that for me right now because so the person that I'm replacing kind of quit in the night. Mm -hmm. She literally put in her two weeks no- or her her notice effective immediately on a Sunday night and came and got her shit. And so that Monday, like she was there was no trace of her. She was just gone. Yeah. And from what I've gathered, it sounds like her and my boss, who is also new, he's only been in, with the company about three months. So it sounds to me like he did not get along with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, they probably just butted heads. So it's like, I don't know how to, if I'm going to act my wage because he had no idea what she did. Yeah, so like he has like no idea what my position's going to look like, um, which is also kind of great. You know, I can make make the position what I want it to be. Yeah. Uh, I have this huge gala coming up in May and it's going to require, he was telling me like the, the two weeks before the gala, like, you cannot take any time off. It's going to be crazy, and we're going to be working long hours, and I'm just like, that seems like way too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah, seriously. That's asking way too much of you. 
And also, it's not that far away, and he doesn't know what your position is now. Mm-hmm. So does he expect you to master it and have enough time to do other things on top of everything? Yeah, that on that top sort of, of trainings for my job that we still don't know what the hell it is. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a clusterfuck. And that's... The thing, though, the thing about it, though, is that I'm already used to this. This is literally what it's like everywhere I've ever worked. Yeah. Everywhere I've ever worked, I've always come in, and they're like, oh, uh, I guess, you know, throwing shit at me, where they're just like, oh, here's this thing to do for two... Like, busy work to do for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're done with that? Okay, well, we have this huge thing coming up. You know, it's always in the middle of some giant project or a giant event that's coming up that we have to gear up for and so I feel like I'm literally drowning because it's like I'm trying to learn my new job Mm -hmm. I'm trying to you know work with the people that I normally am going to work with in the future and try to figure that relationship out and then I'm trying to learn about the place itself that I'm working at yeah I'm trying to do research on that and trying to find best practices and all that and it's just a lot but it's everywhere. Like, yeah. no one knows how to run a goddamn company, I swear. <laughs> it just seems like onboarding should be... when you. This is why they don't hire you right away. You know, it's not like you finish an interview and then they hire you and they tell you to come in the next day. Mm-hmm. There's usually some time. And usually you'd think that time would be taken up by people to make your onboarding as smooth and easy as possible. Mm-hmm. But they seem to have a difficult time doing that. And it's something we've noticed with, like, every nonprofit we've worked at. They put a ton of work on people at the bottom but who make little money. Mm -hmm. And then they put not as much work on people at the top who make a lot of money. Yeah, and that's also the thing. So this job, I feel like they did this on purpose. So my job, normally it should be um, a position that is salaried. Mm -hmm. But... They decided to make it hourly, and I think they did that on purpose. So I can't, so that way I can't get over 40 hours and they don't have to pay me extra. Mm-hmm. And also, like, so they can dictate mm. where my time is spent. Yeah. You know? And so, with because I'm not salaried, like, my boss, he's salaried. He's allowed to come and go as he pleases. Mm-hmm. So he'll come in late sometimes and he'll leave early and he still gets the same pay. Yeah. I am requ- I, like I am expected to come in at the same time and leave at the exact same time every every day. And if I don't, then I don't get paid my full my full pay. Like I, I, and he also randomly he's I just don't understand him. Most of the people that I work with, like my my office mate, she works from home three to four days out of the week. Mm-hmm. I've only seen her a handful of times since yeah. I've started, and. He, for some reason, is like, no, you, your position needs to be here, even though he has no idea what the hell I'm doing. Yes, your position that I'm coming up right now. Um, I do not want you working from home. You need to be in the office. And I'm just like, why? And it's not just like that for me. It's It's like that for a lot of people where it's like, why the fuck am I sitting in this chair wasting away when I could be at home doing this job? Like, I yeah. work so well from home. Yeah. I get a lot done. I get more. I feel more at home. I feel more. Yeah. I feel more like I feel comfortable and and more in my element. And like I can get more done and accomplish more, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like it's also nice because I don't have to feel guilty about taking 
time for myself throughout the day. I get two 15s at work. Yeah. But I never take them because I feel like, oh, he's going to burst into my office at any moment and be like, what are you doing in here? Yeah. And here and at, at my house, like, I can go on a walk around the neighborhood for 15 minutes, reset my brain, and come back and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. And, like, all of my, I'm a database, I'm a database person for my job. All of my, all of my database stuff is on the computer. Why do I need to be in the office for that? I think it's just this old school mentality of, like, oh, we got to develop an office culture. It's an that, office culture. But there's no office culture. When I come in and half the people I, or no, 75% of the people that I work with are at home working. Yeah. And your job doesn't require you to be there. Yeah. And I don't have to, I really don't have to talk to anybody that I work with, to be honest. Yeah. I just do my thing. There's one person that I work with who, um, by the way, works 100% from home. It just makes no sense. It's just, he's like kind of the only guy. Like, you're just kind of the only two working together, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he wants, he wants us, I understand he wants us to be a team, um, and he wants us to have a good relationship with each other, but if you want to have a good relationship with the person you're working with, maybe give them some flexibility. Yeah, seriously, figure out what If they he was want. more flexible with me, I think I would like him a little more. And that's the whole thing. It's like not even giving you the option to work at home. Yeah. Not even figure out what works best for you. Not doing anything around your schedule. No. It's just his fucking attitude. He's just got this attitude and this idea set in his head, and he's going to break down some doors until it happens his way. Yes. And, like, fuck everybody else who's trying to come in and say that, no, this isn't going to work. This isn't... Like, didn't he say he made some grandiose um, um, projection of what you guys are going to make from that gala? And then everyone's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah. He's just a... Tr- he's a... He's one of those guys that, you know... He has a big attitude and he doesn't care. He doesn't care about being annoying and in the way and being an asshole. Yeah. And that used to be something that people were like, oh, that's such a great quality. No, but look at him now. He got the job, right? Yeah. He's, he's, you know, the CEO, or not the CEO, but he's directly under the CEO. Yeah. So that attitude got him where he is now, so it does work. I think people want that more than they want to deal with that. See? Like a CEO wants someone under him that'll do that. Mm -hmm. But he has no consideration of how that's going to go with the people who actually are doing the work and it's so incredibly frustrating that it's always 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 the people who are the foundation of companies are the ones that are put last mm-hmm. last in consideration last in pay last in everything i mean this is why people call modern companies it's like a de facto feudalism Mm-hmm. We're serfs. We make a ton of profit for the lords above us who make more for the lords above them, who make more for the king above them. And it's just supposed to work in this fucked up kind of pyramid mm-hmm. where we grind until we die and they get to live in a state of like luxury. I remember at our the place that we met at, the pay disparity was disgusting. Yeah. The people at the front desk were making less than minimum wage at one point. And then the the person the sorry the director mm-hmm. of the establishment made two hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. That is a horrible pay gap. What the actual f? And like the 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 director doesn't have to be in the office every day. He he was nope. all over the place just doing being hoity toity, taking people out to breakfast and calling yeah. that work. 
And then the person that the people at the front desk were working their butts off trying to get people to come in and trying to also work their way up in the company, which is what I did. Yeah. You know, and it's like they have to be in the office at the same time every day, clocking in, clocking out, taking their 30 minute lunch, you know, can't work overtime. They're putting in so much work to make this guy look better. And then like you're talking about like um, actor wage. Yeah. Uh, I think I told you the story about the Children's Museum. Uh, like, I was making thirteen fifty there, and I was... So I was front desk lead. I was um, pretty much the, the membership associate. I did birthday parties on the weekends. It was a children's museum. Mm-hmm. Um, I did parking. I did tear down and set up for events. I did tabling. Oh, and I also helped with um, internal events. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was on a committee that helped with this big membership-only event that we had that had, like, 200 people and was a big, big, big fucking deal. And I helped scout. I picked the location. It was my idea that they went with. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any fucking money from that, and I didn't see a pay boost from that. I didn't see a bonus from that. I didn't even get a fucking thank you. And it just sucks. I was stoked. I was making thirteen fifty. I was making more than any of my other friends working mm-hmm. in other museums. I was well paid in comparison. And again, if I didn't have help from family, I wouldn't be anywhere besides maybe an apartment complex with eight other roommates mm-hmm. barely making it by, not even having enough money for food. Yeah. And it's just not... It shouldn't be like that. No. And our director was super well paid and hoity-toity. They were mm-hmm. making six figures. Mm-hmm. They were not starving, I can tell you that much. Yep. And they just dangle this carrot in front of us like they do with you. Like, oh, if you work hard, maybe you can make $50,000. Not even $40,000 a year. Maybe you can make $40,000 a year. How does that sound? (laughs) Oh, Like they're doing you a favor. Yeah, like they're doing you some sort of huge favor. I remember when I got busted up from thirteen to thirteen fifty. I was like, sounds great. Wow. I'm... I'm Oh, I remember. Scrooge McDucking into a big thing of cash. I remember working at the front desk, I made... Eight fifty an hour, and yeah. that was the worst I'd ever made. Like at my other jobs in college, um, I made much better the money than that. But you know, this is a job that I was like, th- I want to make this my career. Yeah. So I was okay getting paid that crappy eight fifty, and then um, I got a part time job working on the floor um, for the state, and. That bumped me up to $13 an hour. And I remember being like, what am I going to do with all this extra money? (laughs) Yeah, that didn't last long after, you know, my first paycheck. I was like, oh, that's really disappointing. But yeah, we've all been there. You know, we've all worked way beyond what we should and get paid literally nothing so that these people that have never worked a day in their life can come in and just be like, I pulled myself up from the bootstraps and I worked my way up from the... No. Most of the people that, uh, at least in my experience, most of the the people that were in the higher positions really just, you know, they, like, were the people that didn't have to work through college. Mommy and daddy paid for them. Um, And then they did a bunch of internships because they, you know, were... They had room and board. Mm-hmm. Everything was paid for. So they were able to get into these higher positions right out of college. They never really felt what it was like to be that low yeah. in a company. And then having to work their way up and feeling and being diminished. Yeah. And 
looked down on. Even if they started off at a low spot, what people were paid for lower income jobs, if you compare it to like inflation and how much regular groceries and room and board and stuff cost back then, for right. most of these folks, mm-hmm. it was they were making close to a living wage. Like, close to a living wage. Yeah. Like, I was living in San Diego when I was making that money working at that children's museum. $13.50 couldn't buy you anything. Yeah, and here, let's just interject with, if you work at a museum, in mm-hmm. most in most museum jobs, you have to have a, at least a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. So they won't take you... Even just working at the front desk, they want you to have a degree mm-hmm. in something to do with museums or history or something like that. So, yeah. The fact that you have to pay upwards of $100,000 for a four-year degree, depending on where you go, and then you get paid $13 an hour and are told, that's just how it is here. That, mm-hmm. You just got to be okay with it. Okay? Yeah. That's just how it's going to be. And that's so funny you say that because, you know, I'm... Even though we've talked all this stuff about museums, I'm applying for another museum job mm-hmm. because I have a ton of experience and gotta make money. Um, it says right on there on the application that the the wages are non-negotiable, and is that okay with you? Yeah. And it's like, what else are the choice yeah, do I have? Exactly, you have to be okay with it, or they're not gonna hire you. Yeah. Okay, we've been talking about this. For a long time. We should probably move on to our next topic. We we could talk about this for an entire episode. That did feel good, though. Yeah. That felt very good. I'm I'm very proud of us. Oh, I will say, though, that um, this week, my main goal is to find a therapist. Because I need to spew all of this anger at someone who's unbiased and who can also give me constructive criticism um, and ways to to cope. You know, some healthy ways to cope. Um, But... It's also a huge goal for both of us that we want to grow this podcast in any way that we can. And so we, my biggest dream would be to have this podcast be able to sustain us mm-hmm. and we can just live our lives and do this podcast um, for full time. I think we both just really want out of that kind of feudalistic system yeah. I was talking about, where we're the serf serving a master who serves a yeah. master who serves a I, master. I think the biggest thing, sorry to bring it back, I know I said we need to move on, but the biggest thing for me is, oh my God, if I stay at this company or say I go to another company, it doesn't matter where the fuck I go. If I stay at this company, I'll have to, before I can retire, if I can retire, because they're projecting that millennials are ne- or and Gen Zs and the new generation will most likely not be able to retire because of how the cost of living is so exponential. Um, basically, I'm going to have to be there for 30, 40, 50 fucking years. Yeah. And I, I just, that's miserable to me. You know, it literally, it makes me feel like there's no point in going on, you know, and that's, that's scary thinking, you know, especially for you. Like, I don't want to scare you, but I want to be real, you know, like I want to use this medium to be real with people and like, I don't want to sugarcoat shit. No, and I wouldn't want you to. I want you to be as honest as you can be because, like, we can't hold those feelings in. Right. And so I think that, you know, this is kind of my, I don't know, I don't want to say scapegoat. Like, what would this be? 
escape. This temporary it's not, escape. It's not even that. Like this is my only option. I feel lifeline. This is my yes. Thank you. This yeah. is my lifeline. Mm-hmm. Like this podcast and growing it and creating a business with my partner and being able to live. Like, just live a comfortable life. Not even a life where I'm making all this money and... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just... Like, honestly, I want my... <laughs> the life that I want would literally be like, oh, I don't have to... Like, right now, I when we go grocery shopping, I'm like, oh, how far under is this going to put us? Mm-hmm. Are we going to make it to next week? I just want to be able to go grocery shopping and yeah. be like, oh, I can get whatever I want and be completely fine. I, I, you know? Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't want to have to think about the small things, which it, you shouldn't have to. It's just, it doesn't seem like a big ask for food, clothing, a place to sleep, and medicine being something that you shouldn't have to worry about. Yeah, I, I don't even want to get to talk about, I mean, right on this episode, I don't even want to talk about the healthcare in this country and how fucked, oh, how fucked over I am from them because of my type one that I didn't ask for, that I was born with. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, with that, we need to move on to our next topic. Uh, wedding stuff. We had a great road trip today. We did, yeah. We went to Bridal Veil Falls, mm-hmm. which is in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it's this tiny little, there's a tiny little post office. It's literally. Adorable. It's literally the size of like, I don't know, like, what, five by five? Yeah. Like it was tiny. I'm sure there's some folks' closets who are bigger than this place. Yes. And um, so, yeah, you, you walk up and you uh, we brought our um, invitations for our wedding. And uh, we walked in and I was kind of ex- like, you know, when you go to like a small like post office or like government-ish kind of place um, in like a small town, I kind of expect people to just kind of be rude. I don't know why, but I guess that's just my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are just like, yeah, what do you want? You know, yeah. but the guy when we walked in was so sweet. He, he was, was like, really hi, hi, you guys. Are you guys are you guys here to mail, wedding mail your wedding invitations? And we were like, yeah. And he's like, oh, congratulations. That's so great. Which this place has kind of become like a real hotspot to it mail has. your wedding invitations. Mm-hmm. They, they Which still is do... probably why they're still there. Yes, yes. Most likely the only reason they're, they're still there is because people go there specifically to send out wedding invitations because it says the Bridal stamp Bell. that they put on there. Um, says Bridal Veil Falls. And it's a hand stamp. It's not a machine mm-hmm. stamp. It's yeah. a hand stamp that they put they all of them for you. It. And they have these really awesome uh, stamps that you can put in the top corner. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like right overlooking the Columbia River. It's in the gorge. Uh, and then we afterwards, uh, we continue down um, Highway 30, which is a historic route that goes through all these beautiful trees, yeah. past these beautiful houses. And we took that all the way to Mount Loma Falls. Uh, if you plan on visiting the Pacific Northwest, go there, but just expect to be have like a few thousand friends with you. No, it, it was it was crazy. It was cra- it's the we middle stopped of, dead in our tracks and we were not moving. It was the middle of February, right? We're recording this in like the early beginning of February, and it was crowded 
crazy, like we were driving and I knew we were getting close to Multnomah uh, Falls because those little turnouts were full of cars, like probably a mile or more away yeah. from the actual falls. Yep. They were, they were full and people were walking. And like I said, middle of February, not the middle of summer, the middle of summer, it probably wouldn't even be worth going. Although my dad did tell me they sell summer permits. Oh, do they? Yes. So I think that's how they can get a little bit of revenue and keep the craziness to a minimum. That's nice. Yeah. but It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's totally worth it. But I was like, this is a freaking random Saturday in the middle. And it's also one of the coldest days we've had. Too. Yeah, it was freezing today. It was a it was a sunny but very, very cold, cold, crisp day. Yeah, so you can but anyways, only imagine. We went and then we turned around. But I also wanted to give an update that we have a photographer. Yes, we do. And I'm so excited. I've always wanted to get professional photos done mm-hmm. just for like funsies. Like I always wanted to like get um a pat like a couples package or something mm-hmm. where you just take cute photos with your person oh. not realizing how expensive it is and you know i totally get it mm-hmm. most of the time that is something that you know sustains their living so totally makes sense but i've never been able to really just like you know i'll just do it because i also like I, i've never made that kind of money where i can just do that mm-hmm. anyways we put our deposit down which is the only reason we were able to do it so i can do it in installments <laughs> Because this is really expensive. But anyway, we he was really cool because he wanted to meet us first. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, it's really important that I meet you guys first. I want to get to know you as a couple, you know, to cut down on the awkwardness at the wedding and um, if we do engagement photos. And so we met him for a drink and he brought his girlfriend and their kid. Mm-hmm. And oh, my gosh, it was so great. It he was so is like much fun. He's like someone I would have been friends with in high school because mm-hmm. he's um he's emo. Mm-hmm. Like uh, an adult emo out in the wild. Mm-hmm. And his uh his girlfriend is also that the way. Wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you see emos out in the wild, like adult emos out in the wild. Oh my didn't didn't you say like uh, about doing a, like a David Attenborough kind of like skit with emos out in the wild? Oh yes, like adult emos. <laughs> adult, specifically yes. Well, yes. adult emos. Adult emos out in the wild. But yeah, he was really cool. Yeah, like, it was a we got along fun. with him so well, and I was like, oh, I wish we could just be friends. I think we still can be friends with him. He's- yeah, he said that he made friends with um, someone that, like, one of the people that he shot their wedding. So I'm, I'm hoping we can be friends with him. The place we went was really cool. Yeah. The the hangout was really cool. We talked about everything. Yeah. And like you know. You can kind of always tell when it's a good hangout when, like, you don't even notice that the bar has closed. Yes. Which we is were exactly like, what happened oh, to us. it closed 20 minutes ago. We got to go. Yeah. And we usually hate being those kind of people. Yes, but, we do. But like I said, we had no idea because the conversation was just cracking. It was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. So we have that. We've got lots to do before mm-hmm. the actual day. but Miles to go. Uh, but really, um, I was going through, like, a pre-wedding checklist, and it was, like, a general one that mm-hmm. um, our wedding website made for us. I was looking through them, and I we've already done stuff that wasn't supposed to be done for months. Mm-hmm. So we're we're doing well. Like we're well on our way. Yeah, the only thing we're up against the clock on is me getting my suit all done. Yes, but, but once, that's okay. Yeah, but once I get that all done and ready, then we're pretty much we're very close to being like locked and loaded. It's pretty much just logistical stuff from there. Yeah. Which just kind of like I think I told you my my whole five-year plan thing that I had when I was younger. 
Yes, you've told me about that. And yeah. I told you the one of the biggest steps was planning a wedding. Yeah. Because if you can plan a wedding as a partner, then that just really shows you how well you're going to work. Because yeah. it's, it's like we were talking about the other part. It's like a fun little school project yeah. that we're doing together. Oh. And okay, so I want to start this new segment at the mm. end of every episode. Mm-hmm. Because what we did the other day for date night was we made a bracket. Mm-hmm. We made a bracket of what? How many songs? 16? Eight. Eight. Was it eight? Yeah, it was eight. Only eight? <laughs> Dang. Anyways, well, we, we made a make bracket. It 16. No, it's okay. <laughs> so we made a bracket, like, you know, that like you do with sports, mm-hmm. like especially like March Madness. Which is coming up. Yes, it is. Um, so we made a bracket of all of the songs that we have considered to be our song. Like in our or that speaks to our relationship. Mm-hmm. What we did for date night was we did that and then we listened to every song back to back. Whichever, uh, or like in the bracket area kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So one after the other. And then we'd choose which one we thought matched our relationship more and meant more to us. Yeah. And then, and then we would go to the second bracket. Mm. We did the whole thing. It was so much fun. It was also very tearful because it mm. made us really happy. And like listening to those songs, like music means a lot to me. It really speaks to my soul. And so when we're when we were picking our song, I really wanted to be methodical and like this is gonna be the first song we dance to as a married couple. Mm-hmm. And like I don't care if anyone else cares, I care. You know. Well, that I think that was a big decision in our like which bracket moved on or pardon me, which song moved on to the next round mm-hmm. in the bracket was its emotional connection. To yes. Us. And so and that, so we finally got down to the last song Mm -hmm. and when we found it we both cried we were very excited Mm -hmm. but so i decided that um what we'll do for every episode is what we'll reveal one song that didn't make it and Mm -hmm. we'll do that for every episode i think we can do that for every episode until our wedding yeah just about i think it's like two a month yeah 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 do you want to do our friends update and mindy project yes okay okay friends update we're on the very last episode, and I can't bring myself to watch it. No, we've been on the very last episode for a while. Okay, and so after we got, um, we ended that last podcast, we went cray-cray, and we just went, we flew through it. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the second to last one. I sobbed on the second to last one, so I can only imagine how yeah. un- unconsolable or inconsolable I'm going to be for the. <laughs> and I've heard it's a genuine tearjerker. It is. Yeah. I was listening to Matthew Perry's book, and mm-hmm. he talked about, like, he was writing about it, and I was crying listening to him talk about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, I know. It, but no, it's no, like, no, no, no. Just, like, not, like, oh, my God, you crying. Like, oh, my God, it's that sad that yeah. even him like, telling, like, a secondhand account of, mm-hmm. well, I guess a firsthand account of how it went down is that emotional. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, for me, like, I'm very, I'm a very empathetic person, which is why I cry so freaking much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wish I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's really easy for me to put myself in other people's shoes and really feel for them. When I, when I end, uh, or well, like when I'm watching a show and I know like that they, like that was something that's never going to be recreated, you know? Like, they had such a special bond, and from the get-go, they all just were friends, you know? They were inseparable for 10 years of their life. Yeah. Showing up to set every day, going, like, doing doing things together all the time, 
And it's like, so for me, when, when I cry, it's because I'm like, they're not going to see each other every day. Like, mm-hmm. it's like an ending of an era for them. Yeah. And then it also, like, there's also another reason I cry because it brings me back to my, like, the good parts of my childhood. Yeah. Like, watching it with my mom growing up, you know? And, like, I don't know. It's, but also now, too, I'm going to cry because I'm going through what they're going through. Yeah. In, in their, that phase of the life that they're in, it's, you know? It's funny that it's, like, been with you three different stages of your life and still been, like, impactful every single stage mm-hmm. it's another good mark of a good sitcom yeah it's a very good sitcom yeah and there's a reason why we've been putting off watching that last episode yes and, and I, I just don't want it to end yes now we've been trying to wean ourselves into another one yeah with the uh, the mindy project yes uh, oh my gosh created and produced by mindy kaling so yeah and it's it's a wonderful we've also been mm-hmm. binging that mm-hmm. it's one of those ones that we're like okay one episode and then we watch it and we're like dang it we can't end on that one yeah how about one more I think we, we started it like not that far back and we're already almost done with the Less third season. Less than a week ago. Less yeah. than a week ago, I think. We're already done with the third season. Yeah. We have been smashing it. Well, I mean, it's easy because they're 20-minute episodes. Yeah. You know, there's you can, no commercials. You can, you can just go. You can sail through them. Yeah. yeah. It also helps because my, you know, with my mental health being so bad, it's just like a good show to watch when you're sad because mm-hmm. it's so funny. Yeah. Um, we're not going to get into it this time, but we're going to dissect it the same way that we did with friends because there's a lot. Like, there's a lot. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's it's do- definitely gotten better as far as um, the racism that was in Friends. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's, racist undertones, well, I will say. It's, it's just a kind of a different type. But yeah, it's a different type. But the fat jokes. Yeah. I. It's so unbearable. It, it is a, like a lot, and it's like nonstop. It's it's yeah. multiple an episode. Yes. Okay. So, do you want to talk about the Super Bowl? Oh yes. Coming so, up tomorrow. Yes. Well, for us right now, recording. For us recording right now, it is February 11th. The Super mm-hmm. Bowl is tomorrow on February 12th. Also, one of my best friends' birthdays. Oh, that's right. That's tomorrow. Shout out to my bestie, Amanda. I love you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so plenty of reasons to celebrate. Uh, yeah. Uh, Super Bowl is one of the, the biggest sports days of the year. I think yeah. we just had the biggest sports day, but that's the World Cup final, and that happens yeah. once every four years. Yes. So oh, I can't wait for the women's I, World Cup. That's right. That's coming up this year, too. It is. It's going to be amazing. Hopefully the Super Bowl is as good as the World Cup final. I feel like the Super Bowl last year was kind of a dud, right? Oh, I loved Well, I had a rooting interest because my oh. dad's a huge L.A. Rams fan. No, 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 no. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the year before The that. year before, when you that came over to dud. my house for the first time. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was that day? Uh, I don't know if it was the first time. You came it was up. one of the first times. It was one of the first times you came over to my house. Yeah, and I was still getting to know your friends. And you're still getting to know everybody. Very, like... <laughs> yeah. You had watched You had watched this watch a game earlier in that yes. season. When I think, you guys are intense. Yeah. So, yeah, my friends and I love sports. We have loved sports for a while. Um, the My favorite is football. I grew up watching football. I grew up playing football. Uh, my buddies love UFC, mm-hmm. so they love watching that. And that's probably the most fun to watch with some someone, with, like especially with a group of people, because it can just change in an instant. Mm-hmm. Things can be going one way, and then it's just totally different. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my best friends has a great yelling voice. He does. And whenever uh, something crazy 
goes down and USC, he screams this scream that like still makes me happy because usually it means something good happens. Yes. Yeah. I remember we'd be up in your room mm-hmm. like early on dating when we'd sneak away to be with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we would randomly just be like, you know, cuddling or like listening to music. And then all of a sudden we'd hear, oh, my God. <laughs> and we'd have to run downstairs to see what happened. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah, and then um, this this only went up to 11 once uh, sports betting became illegal, or pardon me, became legal in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And you could you don't have to be anywhere. You can do it from the comfort, of, comfort your home, of your own home. The comfort of your own home. And I'm a small better. I'm a 5 to $10 guy yes. um, for the most part. Um, I, I almost treat like lottery tickets. I yeah. do parlays and I try to make them hit. And then every once in a while I'll try to go for a sure thing to keep my bank nice and steady. But I don't like betting more than I'm comfortable with losing. My friends, on the other hand, they are... Well... well the not, problem is they're better at it. one of them. Yeah, that's true. One of them. But that, one, that guy also is... Really good. He is he? Oh, UFC, yeah. Like, he'll, like, if he doesn't get all of them, he'll get 11 out of 12. He'll, pre- he'll predict 11 wait, out wait, of 12. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about Nader or Nabil? Nabil. Oh, yeah. Nabil is amazing. Yeah. I've never heard about Nader, though. Is he Na- good? Nader keeps it really private and low-key. Uh-huh. But he'll still make money. He'll still make bank. But, um, like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he'll still make bank. But Nabil, especially with UFC, he just has such a knack. I honestly, honestly swear he could work for that organization. Yeah, he, he knows really... He knows a lot of those guys better yeah. than they know themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, he does. No, the way he talks about it is crazy. Yeah. Like, it, he's so knowledgeable. He, he does. He's, like, watched these guys from, you know, when they were just starting out and watched their whole career and follows them the entire time. And there's been multiple times. Like, there usually is a, like... Fights are usually 12 bouts, and I can't tell you how many times he's gotten 11. He's gotten 11 out of the 12, predicting the guy who's going to win. It's, it's just that That is that crazy. Good. But then he'll try to, like, you know, spice it up by predicting the method and predicting things like that, mm-hmm. which sometimes goes well and sometimes doesn't. But it, it just adds a level of difficulty. So it's fun to watch with them. Super Bowl's been fun to watch with them. We've been very spoiled with good Super Bowls. Uh, if you look historically, the Super Bowl has sucked and been boring, and that's actually why um, Super Bowl commercials are so good, because people like would get so tired of watching a boring blowout that they needed to be entertained by something yet something else, and so they would watch the commercials at halftime, and that's why Super Bowl commercials got really involved, because you knew a lot of people were watching, or at least had the TV on for a Super Bowl party, so the ratings would be huge, mm-hmm. and they wanted to capture people's attention, so they would put a lot of money into uh, having a commercial that people would remember, because they probably weren't going to remember the game. Right. But the last 20... To be honest, I don't remember much of the games unless it's a team that I care about. Yeah. So I think the last Super Bowl that I cared about was the when the Broncos went. Oh, and they won. Which was when? 2015. Well, was that 2015? No. Well, no, tw- not when they lost to the Seahawks. Yeah, that was it was the 2015 season, 2016. They lost. When they, when they won. Yeah, 2016. Whoa, it was that long ago? Yes. Oh, yeah, so that's when I last cared about and the they Super have, Bowl. And they have not made the playoffs since. Mm-hmm. Oh, the day they lost was a okay, fun no, day. Okay, no, we're not going to talk about that because that was a very bad day. It was a bad day if you were Broncos. For fan. a Denverite. <laughs> yes, I can only imagine. Uh, oh, and then, sorry. 
the the one that I cared about before that was the giant Super Bowl wedding. Yes. 2012? It was 2012, yeah. Yes. I remember because I was a senior in high school. I remember that was the last one I cared about because my dad's team are the Giants. Mm-hmm. And I lost 20 bucks on that game. I bet on I bet on the Patriots twice. I usually hate the Patriots, but I bet on them when I thought they were going to go undefeated and lost to the Giants. And then I bet on them when uh, the rematch happened in 2012. It was the year 2012, but the 2011 season. That's why the Super Bowl has Roman numerals. Mm. It's always it's always pretty much the first few weeks or months of the next year following the season. Okay. And they didn't want to confuse people That makes much. sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it used to but be... But now it's like XVVVIE, and you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. I love Roman numerals, so... <laughs> no, I do too, but, like, it still takes, like, re- recollection of, like, okay, um, that is a five. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, like... A, f- um, a four is the V and then the I before it. So mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, okay, so that is four and then just the V's five. It's <sighs> no, it can definitely get confusing. It can be confusing. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'm very excited for Rihanna. Yes, Rihanna's performing for the first time in like seven years, we yeah. found out. Yeah. yeah. She just had a baby. She just had a baby. And she's and ready to uh, entertain the entire world. Yeah, I'm super excited. I awesome. love me some Riri. Oh, it's going to be so great. Yeah. Yeah, the, the halftime show has definitely gone crazy uh, since it started the Super Bowl, too. It used to just be a marching band. Used to be a marching band. Then it was a marching band floats. Uh, I'm trying to think like what the first big Super Bowl halftime show was. Like I don't think people cared more about the national anthem, like Whitney Houston's national anthem. Mm. Yeah, ask your dad about oh, that. Yeah, because yeah, that was another Giants win in the Super Bowl. Mm. Um, oh yeah, he remembers all those. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if this is the first one, but definitely like the first like world capturing one was uh, Michael Jackson at the Rose Bowl. Cool. And I think that was 1993. Oh, right yeah. before the best year ever when I was born. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> close. No. Oh, the year you were born, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I used to hate the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Now that my dad lives in San Antonio and he's like not so animalistic towards them, mm-hmm. I'm fine. But I also have a best friend who is partial to the Cowboys. And it, so I kind of root for them now because I love her so much. In uh, in next week's um, or our next podcast, uh, the the Cowboys are actually going to be kind of the good guys. Really? In, yes. Good in to a, know. In a weird sense. Yeah. So do you want to talk about... Uh, I think, so we decided that um, we're going to do the two episodes a week where we just talk as a couple. Mm -hmm. And then um, basically so that we can use our history degrees, what we want to (laughs) do once a month is once a month we're going to do a deep dive. And we're going to take turns on whose deep dive it is. So our first one is with Shane. And he has been so hard at work doing (laughs) so much like background Research? Research, thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's Background okay, research. And 
painstakingly writing handwriting notes. I haven't seen that since college. I love handwriting notes. I do too. I'm the same way. But um, do you want to talk a little bit, like give it a little teaser of what we're going to be talking about? Or should we wait and let people just figure it out? We can do a little teaser. Um, Well, you kind of mentioned that the Cowboys, so it's going to be sports related. It's it's going to be sports related. Um, What I'm hoping to do with my section, I love sports and I love history. So I'm hoping to talk more kind of in depth about uh, teams and individuals, their history, and mostly like the social context of their history, mm-hmm. and kind of talk about uh, the role they played in the history of most most of the United States. We might talk a little bit about Canada and hockey and things like that, and maybe do some Olympics, but mostly it's going to be um, the three big American sports, uh, football, basketball, and baseball. Yeah, and then the one coming up is going to be about the team in the nation's capital. The team in the nation's capital. And then that's all we're all going to say. If you're from that area, you know that I have a lot of options on that one. But I'm just going to leave it at that. That's a nice little teaser. Teaser. All right, so I think with that, we're going to... We're going to end this podcast because we could keep going on the Mindy Project, the wedding. We could keep going on everything. (laughs) Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to us and we hope you enjoy listening to um, our runner up from our amazing wedding first dance bracket. The runner up, can I get a drum roll, please? Is God Only Knows. Yay! By the Beach Boys. By the Beach Boys. All right. All right. Thank you all again. We'll see you soon. Make sure you do something nice for someone this week.